All right, guys, this is uh, Rick or Rico from Puerto Rico. Welcome to uh, another episode of Visionary Living, the podcast. Um, and uh, and I am here with a very awesome special guest uh, today, and his name is Lynn. Lynn, please introduce yourself a little bit for our guests. Uh, good morning, Rico. My name is Lynn Everard, and I'm an author, uh, author, writing coach, and speaker, and I'm delighted to be here with you this morning. Absolutely. And uh, today we have a very interesting topic called Speak Your Truth. Um, and so we're going to speak into, what are we speaking into today? Well, speaking our truth is a, a really core competency for living an authentic life. Uh, it gets us out from behind the agendas that we create to protect ourselves, to protect things we think we can't live without, uh, and puts us into a space of really being able to communicate who we are. Awesome. And uh, so we're just going to play our intro music real quick. Uh, stay tuned for the podcast. So, um, all right. So we're back to the Visionary Living podcast uh, with Rico from Puerto Rico and my guest Lynn Everard. Um, and so today we've got that interesting topic of speak your truth. Um, why don't you get us started? What do you? What do you? What is it that drives you uh, in terms of speaking your truth? Why does this matter to you at all? Why is it important? Well, it matters to me because I was born as a product of incest and. Uh, was actually a secret uh, in the world that I grew up in. And in order to survive in my family, especially with my father, I need believe that I need to be perfect, silent, and visible. Wow. And that means you can't speak your truth. That means you can't speak up uh, to say what needs to be said. And I spent much of my life in that space. And when I started finally getting some coaching, uh, I realized that there was an opportunity to flip the script uh, and change what I was doing and where I was coming from. And speaking my truth uh, became extremely important to me, especially understanding that uh, when we don't speak our truth, uh, and it's not just the big truth of who we are, but it's the truth of when we say yes, when we really want to say no. Uh -huh. uh, and many people live in fear of, of saying what they want or what they don't want, even if it's not they don't want to go for Chinese for dinner today. Right? <laughs> Something it's, even as trivial as dinner, right? Yes, because it, it all matters. <laughs> that's funny. Holy cow. Um, so, wow, that, that's very powerful. And I, I am humbled and honored that you're willing to share that 
vulnerably with us today. Um, and uh, I think that it stands on its own, uh, like just what you're willing to share is is absolutely speaking in to speak your truth and, and everything that you're talking about right now. So um, w- what kind of power do you think people could have if they could master speaking your truth? So once you learn how to speak your truth, you're really not afraid of anything. You have a lot of self-confidence. Uh, you know you can speak what you need to say in any situation in life. Uh, it also helps protect us from the hidden agendas mm. that we carry when we can't speak our truth because we're, we live in fear of loss. Uh, and that fear shows up in a number of different ways in our lives. Uh, we, we fear the loss of you know, being abandoned if we speak our truth. Mm. Uh, there are people that stay in relationships for many years uh, because they simply can't speak where they're at in the relationship. They mm. can't say that this isn't working for me anymore. And you know, what's interesting about that too is, uh, you know, I've got a workshop, Successful Awareness, and it's all about intimate relationships and, and sexuality. Um, and a lot of it is really interpersonal skills. Like what, uh, what do you want to create in your relationships, whether that be sexual or intimate or romantic or what, what have you. Um, and, you know, there's an exercise that I put in my workshop too about speaking up using your voice you know and where where have you let your voice be stagnant or fall to the floor or your choice or your options or your ability to impact another person where have you let that fall to the floor and why you know so so that that really like lands for me deep you know so thank you for that (laughs) well thank you yeah it's a it's a fascinating topic and the more we watch ourselves, the more we become aware of, of what we do in life and the stories that we make up, mm-hmm. uh, where we're protecting ourselves from speaking our truth. But the problem is, is you, you're really not protecting yourself. You're just delaying the inevitable. So speak into that. What does that mean if you delay the inevitable? So if you're in any situation with someone and there's a truth that you need to share but you can't, uh, and then things take their course and you move down the road, you're going to build resentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost impossible not to. Uh, even the people that go to enormous sacrifice, uh, all the martyrs and, and victims in the world, mm-hmm. and I used to be one of them, uh, because you're so desperate to, to be seen or to help someone or to, to serve someone, uh, that ultimately it all comes crashing down at some point because you just can't bear the weight of it anymore. Uh, and so it's much better to speak your truth as you go, as the truth comes up, because every time you delay speaking your truth, you enter into a, a space of stories and mm-hmm. you become that much less authentic in how you live your life. So pretty much what I hear you saying is kind of like be authentic, honest, open, transparent, vulnerable, right from the get-go and just like live our lives from that place only all the time. Yes, because uh, what I see happening in a lot of relationships is that uh, people get into the relationship through one of several different routes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if they don't start off with some level of commitment Mm -hmm. of being open and honest, then they get so far down the road in the relationship that suddenly they feel like they've got something that's at risk, Mm. something that they could lose. And once we start feeling like there's something that's at risk or something we could lose, 
our internal programming then moves us into a place of wanting to protect it at all costs. Yeah, defensiveness. I yes. can totally see that uh, like resistance against something. Right, to hold on to it no matter what. Right. And the minute we do that, we actually stop becoming, we're, we, we're no longer authentic. Mm. We're no longer the person that we thought we were when we entered into the relationship. And now imagine the dynamic if you've got two people doing that. Wow, yeah, two like people, in right? one relationship, yes. like two people that are both what withholding the truth, living inauthentically, defending against. Right, right. And then it just becomes this uh, snowball of pain. It almost becomes like an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, right? Yes, yeah, because we, we get, we, we, and we, then it gets really fascinating because we pretend we're doing this for the other person. Right. When we're really doing it for ourselves. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's self-preservation almost. Yes. You know, and uh, a lot of what I talk into also is ego and how, um, how sneaky the ego is and how the ego is defensive. Like, in, or, like there's two primary thought systems that I like to speak in, love and fear, you know, and, and fear is ro primarily rooted in the ego. And so when uh, in order for us to, or for, in order for ego to keep us alive, it has to be defending against something. In order to defend against something, it has to be under attack. And so therefore, everything that we experience, see, hear, it's the ego thought system will filter all of it through what is that supposed to mean? Like, how am I under attack right now? And what do I get to defend in order to survive? Meanwhile, the other thought system is primarily like out of love. And it's as simple as, oh, well, yeah, it must mean nothing. And even if it did mean anything, how can I just, you know, create love? <laughs> right? Right, right. And uh, that ego mechanism also is what takes us into making up stories mm. about things. So mm -hmm. there are events and experiences that we have in our lives which are neutral. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the story we make up about it. And most of the time, we, the stories we make up are negative because mm. we would rather make up a negative story and feed our, our subconscious limiting beliefs than we would actually be in a place of uncertainty. Uncertainty scares us. Uh, we, the ego needs certainty because then it knows it's actually alive and functioning. Well, you know, what's interesting about that too is what really is certain. You know, like even when it comes to like, let's, let's put on a concert, right? So we're going to, you know, put the investment down, we'll buy the venue, we'll pay for the artists and we'll start selling tickets. But at that point, it's still just a vision. You know, this is, this is actually perfect for visionary living because the uncertainty, that's what visionary living is. It's about creating the vision of the end result, seeing it so clearly in your mind's eye, but it's unprecedented. It's not, there's no tangible um, anything that says that it can happen, that it will happen. Nothing to prove or disprove its existence except my own vision. And so um, just to kind of tie that into what you were saying, do you see kind of how that correlates with you or what do you want to speak into on that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the only real certainty we can have is the security that we have within ourselves. Mm. Uh, but oftentimes we tie the, our thoughts, our, even our visions, we tie to other people, we tie to outside events, we tie, mm. we look for proof of our, or we look for validation, proof of our, our worth and our value in things outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if I got 10 likes on my Facebook post, maybe that's enough for me to think that I'm okay mm -hmm. when it really doesn't matter. And if I got 10 people to sign up for my event, then I can judge myself as to whether 10 is a good number or a bad number when mm -hmm. 10 is just a neutral number. So it's almost like a, a subjective interpretation of what's good or bad or where 
uh, where my thought systems are at or, you know, like, like justification of what's good. And it's almost like we're trying to match up for right and wrong. Like what's the appropriate way to live my life or not? Is that kind of what I hear you saying? Yes. Or? Yes. Because, and, and ultimately until we, we reach a place within ourselves where we're at peace uh-huh. and understand what that peace actually is and are able to experience it. Uh, that's the, really the only time we can then know that all the stuff outside of us can't really bring us peace. So it's almost like when I get that job that is worth, let's say 50 K that I really wanted now it's like, Oh, now I'm valuable. But as long as I'm seeking that job, I want to isolate, kind of close off. I don't think I'm valuable or worth anything until I, I'm hitting my goals. I mean, you know, what's interesting is I have this thing called um, isolation theory. Um, and I spoke into it on the last episode, I'm pretty sure, um, where there was a whole experiment with mice and stuff. And uh, in that isolation theory, it's almost like when we're not empowered, then we want to hide in shame or we want to like, like seclude ourselves. And yeah. it, it almost kind of sounds like that. Right, because we're always looking for the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it, think about uh, getting a new car. Mm-hmm. Okay. And maybe you've yeah, had I just your, got one. Okay. So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe you've had your eye on a car, right? A particular car for six months, 12 months, 18, whatever, right? Uh-huh. And you finally get the car and it's really cool and it smells like a new car inside mm-hmm. and it's all wonderful. And then 10 minutes later, uh, well, that was nice. What, what do I want now? <laughs> right? On to the next instant gratification. On to right? the next thing. <laughs> right. And so, so really, uh, one of the ways we can look at that is in, uh, we get so focused on destinations, uh. right? These little destinations that pop up, the things we have to have. But if we're too focused on the destination, we miss the journey. Mm. And life is really about a journey. Life is about, uh, we cannot live the journey if we're not present in the present moment, if we're not experiencing now, because the only thing that creates our future is what we do and think and say now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, probably a very cliche um, statement, but I just wanted to bring it up because you said that, you know, the now, you know, the, the, the only time that exists is now, right? And in that, um, it's called a present because it truly is a gift. Yes, absolutely. To get present is because it's truly a gift to be in that current moment, not in the future, anticipating your future or in the past, kind of uh, in remembrance or memorial of the past, but st- staying absolutely present and it's a gift, you know. Right. Um, if you're, if we'll go back to the, the car, mm-hmm. uh, the new car situation. Uh, if we're in such a rush to get the, you know, a car picked out, a mm-hmm. deal done. Mm-hmm we've missed the experience of what could show up for us in the journey to getting that car. Cause that's really what's, that's how we live our life. Mm. Uh, you know, who might we meet in the process mm. of, of finding the car? What things might we experience in our lives? What might we discover about ourselves? And you know, I, you know, to speak into that, even I, I totally agree with that. Cause I, I noticed the way I live my life is I'm, I try to be very present you know, so like even when I'm on the airplane, I'm like, all right, who's around me? Hey, what's up? And I start to connect and, and get in a space for people to kind of speak their truth. Um, and, and a lot of times, too, I, I notice that they stay on the surface and I drive the conversation deep and I'll get right to the, the heart of, of conversations to the point where they're now thinking like, wow, what is it that I want to create in my life? And what direction am I going? And, you know, is this what I want? Is this circumstance or is this power? Is this vision? You know, um, 
Does that land for you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but I think at the same time, you know, we get to give people the space to have their own journey mm. and to have their own experience. And because mm-hmm. we don't know when we talk to someone, the pain that they're in right now, the mm. hurt that they've experienced, the disappointment they've experienced in their lives, uh, how they've trusted someone and that trust has somehow been violated. Mm. Uh, there's a million different things that are happening within people. Most of it's subconscious, but it's still driving them. And I, I, I mean, I think everyone can relate to that. If you, if you guys are on watching and you guys can relate to that, maybe you can like it or heart it so that we can, you know, see that feedback. But, um, but I totally, that lands for me. Like I've been there. I've experienced that before. Yeah. I mean, we all have our experiences and our, our, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, do you have any rules in your life? Mm. And I really just have one rule. I mean, there's lots of sub rules and things, but, right. but the one rule that I have is to respect the sacredness of another person's journey. Uh-huh. Uh, that even if I'm going to, you know, be an interruption for them, that I do it in love, uh-huh. that I do it in a way where I'm not trying to fix them, change them, refocus them, redirect them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's simply about uh, getting them to stop whatever they're doing inside and mm. become present in the moment mm. and maybe experience a thought that they hadn't experienced before. So by giving, way. so by giving them presence, then you giving them the power to choose their own response or emotional um, interaction with that situation. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in, in my own life and in the work that I've, I'm doing in uh, the book I have coming out called How Speaking Your Truth Could Save Your Life and How It Saved Mine oh, wow. uh, is actually in uh, helping bring people back to that moment and then taking them through a process. And the, the formula that, that I have for my book in, in terms of where I'd like to help people get mm-hmm. is to start from a place of uh, once you're able to speak your truth, that creates self-confidence. And once you have self-confidence, that can provide you with freedom. And then freedom gives you the ability to have choices, to be able to, to operate in your life from choice. And then finally, when you actually have choice and believe that you have choice, you can believe in the possibility of possibility. Mm. Because until you do that, you don't really have possibility. Uh, you can see things out there for other people, but you can't see them for yourself. Mm. So being able to get to this place of choice, of having choice, so for me, choice is very important, not only for myself, but for other people. Mm. And, and I take that back to the circumstances around uh, my conception and being born that my, uh, my mother didn't have choice in the act which created me. Mm. And so helping people have choice, having choice for myself. And, you know, I, I want to, because choice, the word keeps popping up a lot. And so I just kind of want to make a distinction too, um, but between a decision and a choice. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, the way that I frame it anyways is uh, like when it comes to a decision, it's almost like we're picking between options that are available to us. So, for example, if we go into the ice cream store and uh, we see chocolate, we see vanilla, we see strawberry, we see uh, you know, maybe a vegan one. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, based on these options, which would you like? Well, I'm deciding that I want chocolate. Right. Now, uh, the way that I hold choice is really like an act of creation. It comes from nothing, you know. And so, uh, you know, if I'm out on a park bench and I'm looking at the sun and I'm like, oh, man, I really want chocolate mint ice cream. And then you go to the ice cream shop and they say, hey, do you want vanilla or chocolate? And you say, I want chocolate mint. 
I actually chose chocolate mint before I even walked into the store. It was a, a choice from nothing. I created a vision. I walked into it and I had it happen versus a decision, which is almost like based on the circumstances, based on what is available to me now, which may be limited in that I have a decision, but to create from nothing or from scratch is more of a choice. Right. And, and choice is more of a, of an ongoing practice mm. of being in that space to, to have choice among possibilities because mm. that's where choice comes from. I mean, it really, it originates in freedom, mm. but the way we practice choice is in looking at possibility mm -hmm. and decision. I mean, I look at it this way. Uh, let's talk about marriage. Okay. Okay. So deciding to get married is a decision, mm -hmm. uh, but deciding to stay married within that is actually a daily choice. Hmm. It's where uh, there's a guy named Brian Reeves that I followed for a number of years. And one of his, uh, his blogs is called Choose Her Every Day or Let Her Go. Hmm. Uh, so people think that marriage is about a piece of paper and a one-time decision. Right. But that's how marriages go, go stale. That's, well, that's how the marriage was started, but that's not how a marriage maintains is right. what I'm hearing you say. Right. So you decide to get into that relation, that form of relationship, mm -hmm. but then you actually wake up every morning as a new person. Mm. We're all evolving and changing. So every day you and your partner are waking up as new people mm -hmm. that didn't actually exist yesterday. Mm. So in order to move your relationship into today, mm -hmm. into the present moment, you get to choose that in, in the new space of who you are today, who they are today, and what this new day might bring. That's, that's very powerful that you speak in uh, what you're speaking into right now. And, and, you know, if anyone on who's live with us right now wants to comment on that or give feedback, please do. Um, I'm happy to uh, hear your stories, share your stories, uh, speak your truth. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that is, that's, that's one hell of a topic and conversation right there. Um, yeah, let me, uh, let's just shift conversations real quick. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, visionary living. And what does that mean? So like living out of a vision versus like taking whatever life throws at you via circumstance. And if I'm correct, you prepared a story for us today. Yes. Uh, so I've been working on my book for a while and, and right now it's actually out at some readers. I'm starting to get it back. I'll be doing a, some final editing and publishing it uh, in the next, I don't know, four to six weeks, mm. uh, something like that. Uh, but I, I ran into a space where I actually stopped writing. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure why that was happening, but there was just something in me that didn't feel the motivation. So what I ended up doing um, was I, I became part of a, a Think and Grow Rich mastermind group. And within that group, I started to understand some things. And part of what we do in there is we create a statement of desire, kind of like a vision statement. Okay. And I changed my vision statement because I, I started to wake up in the morning and remember what it was like for me to live so much of my life being unable to speak my truth mm -hmm. and then to really understand how painful that is mm. for people when they can't speak up, when they can't say what they need to say. Yeah. It's like a slow suffering almost. Yes. And so, so when I started to really, you know, be with that thought every morning that how could I let another day go by without making some kind of effort that would support people in being able to speak their truth, to be able to, be at choice point to be able to maybe end their suffering. Mm. Um, and so that became, that was my vision. So the vision for, for the book, the vision for all the work, the speaker truth workshop, all those things, the vision is to help people end their suffering. 
Awesome. And so that changed the process. And I said, okay, well, if I'm doing it from that space, mm-hmm. I have to get this done. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another day where people are going to have to experience the pain, the, the debilitating feelings of not being able to speak your truth. I know that story. I lived it for many years. Mm-hmm. So I, it was almost like it was a choice, but not a choice. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's like, this is how I get to be in service. This is how I get to show up in the world and use my gifts. Hmm. And so that propelled me to get, to get the book done. Right. Right. And, um, and so, and were there circumstances that kind of came in your way, almost like to block you or stop you that you had to overcome using your vision? Um, yes, absolutely. Because there's still this ongoing, uh, work that I do. I, I do editing of manuscripts for other people who are writing books. I mm-hmm. coach people into the writing of their books and, and teach them how to uh, actually get the book written. Hmm. And, and I do the you know, developmental editing for them, with them, take them through the process. Uh, and I love that work. Hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I needed to realize that I don't get to use that as a distraction hmm. from what I'm actually here to do. Uh, there are so many good things we can do in life. And I think one of our biggest challenges is to separate out what's good from what's great. Ah, I like that. That's an interesting one. That's, that's, that's interesting. I must take that. I just took that. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. You know, and, and I think I was fortunate because, you know, growing up as a child, I was always the type of kid that would get caught for anything he did. You know what I mean? Like I fart on an elevator and people know who it was type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, And so I learned at a very young age just to be transparent with um, my intentions and with my actions, you know, and, uh, and I live my life like that day to day. um, Primarily just being as you can ask me anything. I'm an open book. You know what I mean? And I don't live my life out of shame or guilt. And I find that there is a lot of freedom that I have in living my life because I'm so authentic and willing. Like there's a willingness for me to uh, honestly support anyone and anything that they're up to answer any questions again, be transparent. So like, uh, you know, I do find, I experience that freedom that you're talking about when it comes to speaking your truth. And, uh, and I definitely reinforce, I, I want to recommend all of you guys to really take on speaking your truth. And you said you have a book coming out. When is that going to be out? Probably in the next, uh, I guess probably looking more like six to eight weeks now. Okay. Wow. That's really uh, close. Two, two months. That's, that's really yeah. close. That's awesome. Yeah, we're getting, we're, I have to do a little more editing on it myself okay. and then go from there. But you mentioned shame and guilt mm-hmm. and, and I really wanted to, to pick up on that. You, you noticed this uh, amethyst pendant that I wear. Yeah. It's really nice. I like that. And uh, I made up a lot of stories about what it was when I first got it. And it was, it was custom made for me by my friend, Hillary Kofsky. Hey, Hillary, what's <laughs> up? Shout out to Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> and, awesome. um, uh, she saw into what I was doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this really represents my healing uh-huh. and there's two interlocking trees of life on it. Okay. And it's because of where I came from and the origin of my life, uh, that was a result of a war between the masculine and the feminine. Mm. And so the interlocking trees of life to me represent that, that bringing the masculine and the feminine back together again, mm. uh, both in men and in women. Absolutely. Uh, and so, so I, it's, and it's heavy because when I wear it, it reminds me of my healing. It reminds me mm. of and what I get to do in the world. Uh, and one of the things that will be coming in the future is a nonprofit called the Fellowship of the Violet Flame, mm. which is designed to provide encouragement and support for adult children who are conceived in an act of sexual violence um, and also to support any child, any adult 
who was either unwanted, unplanned, or unwelcomed, and, oh, wow. and including the moms who endured what they endured and still brought a child into the world. Mm. That That's powerful. And I, I really want to acknowledge you for, for your outward focus and your ability to be in service like that, using your story to, instead of debilitate you, um, to empower you, you know, and, and I speak into that all the time. Because again, if we can change our stories and shift those conversations, then our actions shift too. And so if you had, you know, two kids, brothers, let's say growing up in the same household, and we're um, a victim of, of abuse, violence, sexual, physical, whatever that looks like, and you know, one brother could let it empower him and go on to make a nonprofit like you're doing. And another one could, you know, be a victim to drugs and, and maybe die young because of drugs or alcohol abuse or whatever, depression, you know, like that. So um, to really have power over your perspective, over your mental, over the way that we interact or react to um, the stimuli in our environment, how powerful is it to a- allow you to have power from your story? versus to to steal it away from you, you know? Right, right. Um, well, and you mentioned stories. So I have uh, been doing work in the area of change your story, change your life. Mm. Uh, and I found that to also be very powerful because we make up stories so quickly uh, and I'm uh, generating some free events uh, in South Florida, which will ultimately uh, lead into some workshops that I'm developing on how to t- really teach people how to catch themselves in the act of creating a story and be, have that awareness to be able to stop that from happening. Mm. Uh, so that, uh, because we always run to the negative story, right? Yes. We're always, That's ego. You know, yes. yes. We're, always, <laughs> we're always creating that negative story, uh, but we also get to create positive stories. And uh, it's the positive stories well, you know, that propel I, us. I believe that people create both. It's just that they choose to pledge allegiance to the stories that keep them safe. Yes. You know, so yeah. it's the negative story that says, oh, maybe I shouldn't. And it's the fear of unknown or the uncertainty that you're talking about that then intimidate us away from our choices. Right. Well, the fascinating thing is that when we match our a desire that we have mm-hmm. with emotion, mm-hmm. we really create power in that desire. That's what we learn in the, in the Think and Grow Itch Mastermind. Group. Mm-hmm. And so, but the fact that our negative stories draw so much more emotion from us, mm. they're so much more emotionally charged uh, because we're really feeling that stuff deep down inside. Right. But the positive stories, uh, until we learn how to put the same amount of emotion into those, um, yes, we all create positive stories, mm-hmm. but we don't energize them mm. with the emotion. I really like that. So we, we have the stories, but we don't energize them. And then you're speaking into emotion. Because you know what's interesting is how the trick, how the mind works and it trickles down uh, in a structure, you know, and so that first structure is it starts with what our belief systems, right? And so as we uh, take in information, whether that's someone speaking to us, or we see something, it's like external stimuli, um, we take in that information, we filter it through our belief systems. And our belief system is really just one of the two thought systems, right? Right. It's either you're thinking out of fear, or you're thinking out of love. And that's the belief system out of that belief system come our thoughts. So from the choice of which voice am I going to listen to in my head, now they're going to produce thoughts. So let's say that we choose the egoic voice or voice of fear, the thoughts that would come out of, um, of my boss saying, hey, we need to talk. Right. As an example, right? <laughs> hey, hey, we need to talk before at the end of the day, uh, come to my office. So now 
we choose a belief system, thought A, which is egoic thought system is going to be like, oh my God, we're getting fired. What did I do? What's going wrong? (laughs) You know what I mean? And then from the thoughts comes the emotions. So now that we've running stories about and we're listening to the belief system of ego and we have those stories running, now it's almost like emotionally it's going to charge us like you right, said right. and that and that emotion whether if it's positive it'll have us mo- like move or generate or create and if it's negative it might have us be more stagnant um maybe not produce anything right right if if you just look at law of attraction mm-hmm. okay it's it's not just the desire but it's the it's the vibration it's the thought process around it it's the emotion mm-hmm. that we put into it mm-hmm. so whatever we you know we plant a garden um, whatever you water is going to grow. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't water something, it doesn't grow. So Except the weeds, they it, grow no matter right. what. <laughs> well, and then that's where we have processes to take out the weeds. So right. becoming aware of our stories. But you know, that, that alone, uh, in a garden, I love that example because I've heard this somewhere and I think that it's a perfect analogy of, you know, what are we feeding our minds and are we feeding it the right thing? Cause weeds will grow no matter what. So if we're not tending to our garden, if we're not feeding our minds and making sure that we're stimulating ourselves in a powerful way, moving forward, then the weeds will grow. And I want to say that those weeds are like the negative thought systems or like um, the the limiting belief systems, the um, egoic narratives, if you will, that hold us back from what it is that we say that we want to create with our vision. Right. And and you mentioned, you know, love versus fear. Mm-hmm. And one of the most fascinating things that the ego does mm-hmm. is to actually get us to fear love, mm. which is, you know, kind of like the ultimate mind bend, mm. right? Uh, but deep down inside, we all want love, but we all have some level of fear about it. Mm. And, and it's the, that fear that creates stories uh, about whether love is safe or not, hmm. right? And so, because we we want it, but we're just not quite sure that it's safe, right? I can right? see that. Because what yeah. happens if we if we find love and then lose it, right? And the belief then becomes that we can actually lose it when the love is actually in within us all along, right? We can't lose what's within us. That makes sense, right? Yeah. But we project it out onto another person, and we think, well, if we lose them, we've lost love. When in fact, we actually haven't. It's just a story we've created. And you know, that that's super powerful, like that statement right there. Because, you know, one thing that I talk about in, in a lot of the work and my teachings is uh, it's that we generate the experiences that we want to experience. We don't find them. Like a lot of people are looking to find love, right? So it's, again, an external stimuli. It's like, oh, where can I find it? If I like look under this keyboard, hey, I found it, you know? Right. <laughs> Right. No, it's it comes from me. And so when we find a person and we choose that person to be in relationship with, whether it's romantic or business or friendship, whatever, when we see a person that we want to be in relationship with, there's a an experience of vulnerability that we get to access in order to have a deep connection with them. Otherwise, you're just acquaintances, right? Right. And then even go back to the whole idea of destination. Mm. Uh, if I say I'm going here, mm-hmm. all right, and I'm then I become laser focused, right? We're always talking about commitment and vision and being laser focused on things. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is when I get too laser focused, I'm actually missing the journey. Mm-hmm. I'm missing the experience of getting to the destination. My belief is that there's, there's only one real destination in life mm-hmm. and that's death. Okay. Okay. Everything else is part of the journey. But when we create these false destinations, we take ourselves out of the journey. Oh, wow. That's, can you elaborate on that a little bit for, I thought that was mind blowing. So I imagine our, our viewers would think it is too. So 
we're taught in our world to have goals, okay. right? So we have a vision, we have goals, we have things that we're trying to achieve. Uh, but it is so easy to be, to be laser focused on those things mm. that we miss the experience of going there. So it's almost like blinders for a horse. Right, kind of- right. Uh, the horse doesn't get to enjoy the journey, mm. okay? The horse is just run the race, mm. you know, get back in your as stall. As quickly as we can get to the end result that we're declaring. Right. Whereas if we understand that the journey itself can be the destination. Mm. If you really want to be into destination, see the journey is the destination. Mm-hmm. If someone is in such a hurry to get somewhere, mm. they're going to miss all the things they could have seen and experienced on the, on the way to getting there. Mm. If, if someone is in a hurry to get somewhere, they're not going to stop. They're not going to notice the beautiful mountains, the beautiful flowers, the trees, the water, everything that's along the way mm-hmm. where they could have stopped, taken a picture, mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed the moment, created a memory. You know, and, and uh, so I have this, not really a theory like it's true, but I have this, I guess, idea that I want to create into a, either a meditation or a movie or something like that. I really want to do something with this idea. My, my idea is what if at the end of your life, um, heaven, so to speak, is just all of your memories along your lifetime and what if you just relive your memories you relive your life constantly and that's what heaven is let's say you know when you die it's just reliving your life if you were to go back and account for your memories did you create majority positive happy ones or do we create like miserable ones like would we want to relive the memories of our life or not right and so we have a choice we can we can live life on the hamster wheel Mm -hmm. where we're just running as fast as we can and going nowhere. Right. Right. Or we can actually take the time to experience everything in life. And even, you know, even the goals that we have, the vision that we have, it doesn't have to be painful. Mm. It doesn't have to involve suffering. It doesn't have to involve, you know, ridiculous effort that just produces sweat, but no joy. Right. Right. What if, what if, the work we do, even the work I'm doing, where I'm conscious of people that are suffering because they can't speak their truth. Right. Right. But I'm not approaching that from the standpoint of I'm on some kind of death march that I have to get there. Right. Right. It's just the fact that it motivates me. It inspires me to continue to do my work. But I don't have this belief that those people are going to all die without what I do. Right. right. So I get to do what I do. So it's almost enjoy. like it's almost like what you're offering people is not the only way to get to peace. Right. It's a right. way. It's a choice. It's, it's another choice. choice that they get to have. People can't choose things that, that where the choices don't present themselves. Mm. And and my job is not to fix anybody or heal anybody or change anybody. It's simply to give them a new choice that they didn't have before. To give them, offer them a possibility. Yes. A new option. Right. So they can so they can look at their life in a different way and say, you know, gee, that makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe I'll go down this road. That's cool. I think I think kind of uh, similar to you. That's what this podcast is designed to be. You know, I'm not I'm not putting this podcast to say, oh, whatever we talk about on this podcast is the way to live your life. So make sure you're you're bad and not bad and wrong. You know what I mean? Um, no, but this is definitely like getting people like you to speak their truth and to share. Um, you know, a new perspective that might offer our viewers a sense of power or um, a way to see a new possibility for what they are creating in their own lives. 
Absolutely. You know? Yeah. If we, like I said, we, our job's not to fix anybody or mm-hmm. rescue anybody or mm-hmm. save anybody. And you know, I find that that's actually uh, one pattern that I have is that I, I have this need to like save someone or I have this need to like, it's like FOMO, like a fear of missing out. Like I need to be involved intimately with everything that's going on in the world or else. <laughs> right. Right. But that, that creates burnout. Yeah. I can see that eventually. And then mm-hmm. it creates some level of resentment. So why would you, you know, again, we can ask the question, mm-hmm. uh, why would we want to engage in something that produces resentment and burnout and steals our joy? Yeah. Right? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So now we're in the, like the last, like, in five, 10 minutes of our podcast. So I want to kind of start closing up. Um, uh, first of all, I want you to be able to plug anything that you want to plug. So if you want to speak into any of your workshops or your book or when the release date, now's a great time to do any of that. Okay, terrific. Well, let me start with the Change Your Stories, Change Your Life events. Uh, I'm in the process of putting together three free events in South Florida, uh, one in Delray, one in Fort Lauderdale, and one in Miami. Very smart. And, yeah. yeah, and then uh, what that will lead into is I'm currently writing a one-day workshop mm. uh, called Change Your Stories, Change Your Life. And uh, the, the goal of the workshop is to help people understand how quickly we make up stories, mm. how those stories become so insidious. We talked a little bit about how we put energy into those stories, mm-hmm. into those negative stories, and continue to feed our limiting beliefs and uh, how those stories are sourced in our limiting beliefs, supported our limiting beliefs, or can change our limiting beliefs depending upon what the stories are and how much energy we put into them. Mm. Uh, and then it's a, uh, we'll be doing some exciting things, uh, different uh, exercises, different ways of looking at things. So the ultimate goal uh, is for the people that go through the workshop to become story busters mm. in their own lives, uh, to be able to find the story as it's being created and to stop it before it becomes a real story. And you kind of told me a little bit about what your intention was. You told me some of the can, and I won't share it with them. We'll keep it a surprise for them. But I just want to say that based on what he was sharing with me, it's, it's extremely powerful work. And I really like, I can't wait to be at your workshop. I want to see you in action, you know, especially from one workshop facilitator to another. Um, you know, it's always great to learn from other minds and, and creativity. So thank you for that. And, and if you guys like get the opportunity or if you see it promoted, I highly recommend seeing what he's up to. Um, and seeing if it's valuable for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 fun and and uh, speaking our truth and and the book that's coming out, how speaking your truth could save your life and how it saved mine. All of these things tie in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we're able to speak our truth, uh, we don't become we're not as reliant on stories anymore mm-hmm. uh, because we get to be in our truth and uh, we get to you know move toward living that authentic life mm-hmm. uh, and being honest with ourselves. And uh, that's one of the places we have the most difficulty. Uh, we, you know, most of the time we think about uh, speaking our truth, speaking our truth to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hardest person to speak our truth to is ourselves. Mm-hmm. The person that we lie to the most in our lives is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might think it's someone else, but it's not. It's ourselves. It's, it's all the things we tell ourselves about ourselves that are simply not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we live our lives as though those things are true. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we speak the, the truth to ourselves, and our truth has four different layers, and I won't go into them now, but once we understand that and how mm-hmm. that works, 
and are able to speak our truth and know our truth and mm-hmm. discover our truth. That's where it really starts is discovering our truth uh, and being open to whatever that truth is. So when do you project that these free workshops will be available? Uh, I believe I'll be starting them in July. July. Okay, cool. So we just got to what follow you and just keep an eye out for them. I have a change your story, change your life page on Facebook. Okay. And uh, I have a website, which is lynneverard.com. Cool. And uh, there'll be more information posted there as well. Awesome. Uh, and then just, you know, again, to mention that if anyone out there is writing a book or, uh, you know, needs coaching in writing their book, uh, I've been writing for 25 years, basically mm-hmm. professionally, mm-hmm. much longer than that in reality. Uh, and uh, I can also do editing and things like that. So cool. uh, whatever someone needs to help them get where they're going. And I, ha- I used to have a publishing company, so I have publishing experience. So I can also guide uh, the person into getting into a good publishing company so that, or self-publishing so they can really get taken care of well. That's very cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, awesome. And then the book is in, within eight weeks, you said, about I would two say months. about eight weeks. And yeah. where can we find more information on that as a company? Uh, I'll begin to start once i get the book into the final edit process mm-hmm. then i'll start posting more information about it Beautiful. but there'll be more information at lineverr.com awesome and if you ever need me to help you shout out whatever you're up to just let me know i'm happy to share it with you know thank my, you i appreciate that too. um so yeah um you know just to close out again uh this is a uh, visionary living um the podcast where i uh speak about living out of your vision um and uh, uh overcoming any circumstances, obstacles, or even opportunities that may deter you from the ultimate vision that you're very clear about. Um, and uh, you know, I actually want to dedicate this podcast to Brenda Rivera. Uh, that's my mom who passed away uh, when I was 13. Um, and as we move forward, as I'm uh, supporting people and creating a vision and living out of possibility, um, I want to uh, bring her name to life and let her live through my podcast as a thank you for bringing me into this world. Um, and for, um, you know, giving me the ability and the freedom to choose. So um, with that said, uh, if you guys are on iTunes store and you can download my, my laugh as a ringtone, um, I'm always going to be plugging my ringtone as a laugh. Um, I had someone message me recently like, hey, I just had it as a, a, an alarm to wake up to and I woke up laughing because that is just ridiculous. You know? <laughs> um, also, I have my workshop, uh, Successful Awareness. On July 6th, I have a free three-hour workshop it's an introductory workshop to the actual one day experience. Um, so if you guys are available, go on Eventbrite. You can type successful awareness, S-U-C-C-S-E-X-F-U-L, awareness.com. Uh, um, or, or you can just look that up on, on Eventbrite. It's free to sign up for the workshop, but we do need names and, and email addresses to contact you. So just go through Eventbrite if you're going to be attending. The actual workshop date is July 20th, and that's a one-day, full-day experience where we talk about intimate relationships, sexuality, romance, all of that. Um, and other than that, if you could subscribe to the podcast, we, we're going to be doing this every Monday about 7.30 in the morning till 8.30, 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll be featuring guests and we'll be talking about all kinds of uh, interesting stories that people have that they get to share um, that speaks into living out of a vision uh, and overcoming circumstance with that. So um, with all of that said, I, I want to say thank you, thank you deeply for all of you guys who are watching um, on any of the platforms, whether it's uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes podcast. Um, I really appreciate your viewership. 
Um, it really uh, lights me up to do this kind of work and to bring this information to you, distinctions to you. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh, and yeah, I love you all and, and have a wonderful day, guys.